the bipartisan infrastructure deal progresses in the Senate, the House holds its first 1-6 committee hearing. And some new evidence shows that the former president had a more of a hand in trying to overturn the election results than we thought. Hey, girls and guys, I'm Brandy with an eye, and this is Did You Hear the News? Can't we all just get along? The answer is probably no. But we will begin, as usual, on what seems to be a positive note. The bipartisan infrastructure framework is now a bipartisan infrastructure deal. So remember I told you last week that there was a test vote to see if we should move forward on basically debating the bill that did not pass because Republicans were like, hey, we need a few more minutes. And so Monday came, which was the deadline, and they were like, "Mm, we need a few more minutes. And then... They worked through it all of this week, and then on Friday, they held a vote. Let me back up. I think it was midweek, they held another vote to move forward, and that vote did go through with like 17 Republicans voting with the 50 Democrats. So they voted to push through and start the process of the bipartisan infrastructure framework, plan, bid, what deal, whatever you want to call it. And then on Friday, before they left for their August recess, they took a vote to start the um, amendments and all of that, that portion of the process. It's really, it's a really lengthy process to actually pass bills. So to recap, They had the first test vote to see if they could move forward with discussions. That failed. They had the second one. That one passed. 17 Republicans joined 50 Democrats. Even though the former president shot out a message a few hours before so and was like, don't y'all vote for this bill. It's terrible. It's a terrible deal. Don't vote for it. Which is Once again, interesting because he wanted to do like trillions of dollars in infrastructure in the beginning, but now it's a bad bill after it's been like just watered down completely. But whatever, doesn't matter. 17 Republicans were like, I think we got this. And they decided to vote with the Democrats to move forward. And then they decided to have the final vote to actually start the amendment process and the process of like, writing out the bill on Friday. So they did that. That also passed in the House. So now they will really work on writing this bill and making any amendments to it. Now, here's the sticky part. How much can they amend this bill before progressives are going to straight up be like, no thanks, no deal, Lucille? I mean, because it still has to go to the House, right? So they will write the bill in the Senate. It still has to go to the House. The House has to be like, "Mm, we want to change this or we don't. And it's already such a, I don't want to say fragile, but it's like such a fragile framework. It's such a just very fragile deal to begin with. It's like, who knows how far either side can go, like how much can be changed before the Senate Republicans and or Democrats like Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin are like, no thanks. But um, the progressives in the House have been very clear that they can't even begin to understand a plan that has like no climate. 
Uh, a Joe Manchin is going to feel some kind of way about that because, you know, he comes from West Virginia, a coal mining uh, state. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Once again, they have not yet hammered out how to pay for it. And I feel like that's probably going to be the part that's the stickiest. I think they have reached some kind of agreement on um, using, like I said before, the money from the previous American Rescue Bill that's left over. And then maybe like some user fees. Once again, I don't agree with user fees because that means we pay for it. That means they raise like toll prices or taxes on electric vehicles, stuff like that. I don't agree with that, but I guess there's some give and take. Once again, I, I don't see what the the Republicans have given, but that's just me. So that's where we are with that plan. It's looking positive right now but almost anything can happen that will tank this whole bill and unfortunately it looks like it's either the bipartisan bill the reconciliation bill coupled with it or it's nothing but it's just and and I hate that it has to be that way right like if unless Republicans are the reason it falls apart. Now, if something happens and progressive Democrats and moderate Democrats can't get it together and it falls apart for that reason, then you risk having like a Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema backing a reconciliation deal because at that part they that point they could just take the infrastructure bill which is looking at to be about a trillion right now where it's at it started at i think 600 billion and now it's looking like a trillion they could easily take that and add it to the reconciliation bill but it's like okay will kirsten cinema and joe manchin get over themselves enough to support that no not if it's the the fault, and I say that lightly, of progressive Democrats. Now, maybe if the Republicans back out of, you know, whatever deals and negotiations and whatever they have for, possibly they might vote with the rest of the party, but these people can't be trusted. Kirsten Cinema came out already this week saying that she did not support 3.5 trillion dollar like she supports reconciliation and doing all of that but she does not support the price tag of 3.5 trillion dollars which is wow because if joe manchin can basically be like yeah you know i i'm i can get jiggy with it like it was originally six trillion 3.5 it's some give or take. Like, I can live with that. But cinnamon's like, I just, I can't. I can't get behind that dollar price. Which was upsetting to me and my homegirls, but also to her constituents in Arizona. So, I really don't know what game she's playing. And I don't know who she's playing it for, but it doesn't seem like the Democrats because she just continues to give the Republicans this upper hand because they've already listed it or have explained that their strategy is to use moderates like Manchin and Cinema and like laud praise on them anytime they do something that's like against what the party or caucus wants to do as a whole. So it's like are you purposely falling into this or what girl? Like it's so interesting. Like she like tries to come off as this like quirky, like down to earth girl. People that have met her have been like, I've never met a person that was nicer. But once you see her in the Senate in action, it's just like her, her actions are abhorrent. And I'm like, mm. You see what happens? You see how these people will switch it up on you? 
Anyways, so that's where we are with bipartisan infrastructure bill. The policing reform bill just... Yeah, I don't, I don't, mm, I don't want to speak ill on it, but I don't see an end in sight. Unfortunately, they are still spinning their wheels and it depends on who you ask um, and what response you get will, will be the reason for that. So if you ask Tim Scott, it's like, oh, we're okay, we just got some things we need to work on. If you possibly ask someone else on the Democrat side, they might be like, the Republicans are moving the goalposts. Rip Karen Bass of California, who is also working with um, Corey and Tim on this, basically said she didn't feel like it was moving the goalposts per se. She felt as if the Republicans were just not making a choice. Like they just weren't saying yay or nay on um whatever they were bringing forth. So we'll we'll see. As always with most things, we'll see. And also the White House pushed back on the notion. When I say White House, I mean uh press secretary Jen Psaki pushed back on the notion that the president is not focusing on voting rights. I know you guys, if you listened to the last episode, I voiced my frustration because I also feel the same way. And she just wanted us all to know, number one, we can calm down because he can focus on two things at once. And he is working behind the scenes and Vice President Kamala Harris is doing what needs to be done. And I'm like, sure, that's cute. That's cute. I understand that. Whatever. You need to do more in our faces. You need to do more in our faces. Because you can't tell the blacks that we need to out-organize again. Like, that just can't, that just can't be your message. Like, what are you going to do about gerrymandering? What are you going to do about all the other things that can't be out-organized? And tell us, tell us what you're going to do. It's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And I get it. I get that there are multiple things going on. I think they were responding to an article um, where Jen Moon basically said that the president's focusing more on like roads and bridges than he is our voting rights. And... Yeah, like, yeah, I, it feels that way. I'm not saying that he's not doing anything for voting rights. I'm just saying it don't look like he is. It don't look like he is. And that's frustrating. And it's frustrating for people to just think that we can just out-organize. Now here, I'm all for organization. I'm all for it because a lot of states don't have it. And they need it. They need at least a little bit of organization. But don't look at the black people when you get elected and say, like, I know that y'all did this for me and I have your backs and don't don't have our backs. That don't make no sense. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows where we are on the voting front? I just know that I still feel like they're not doing enough. So, moving on to the drama. It's tiresome. It's tiring. It's exhausting. I'm exhausted. But here we are. Because everyone's acting like children. You know what? Let me take that back. Everyone's not acting like children. Some are acting like children. And then some are having to act as if they're dealing with children. Because they are. And it's tiring. So let's start out with the one six select committee. So the last time I talked to you guys, a certain minority leader had 
taking back all of his picks because two of his picks were rejected for very good reason. And at that point, the people were saying, hey, uh, Nance, if you aren't going to have those guys, maybe you should put Adam Kinzinger on there. He's, you know, he's ready for this. He's down for the calls. And that's what she did. That's exactly what she did. On Sunday, it was announced that Nancy Pelosi would be putting Adam Kinzinger on the select 1-6 committee to investigate the insurrection. And I think I heard a blood vessel pop in McCarthy's forehead. And, it, and it's been drama ever since, right? It's been drama ever since. On Monday, uh, the president held a little event at the White House for the anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And they were all together for that. And at the end of it, some reporter asked Kevin Pelosi like how he felt about, you know, Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney being on the committee. And he called them Pelosi Republicans. Of course, that was trending on Twitter because if they love anything, it's a soundbite or a trending topic. So he said that. I immediately said, well, that's childish. And thank goodness everyone else that has sense was like, yeah, that's that's pretty childish of you. Sir, we're talking about a armed crowd come into the Capitol to kill people. Because that's what it was. I hate that we're pretending that it wasn't because that's what it was. And you're being childish talking about a Pelosi Republican because they're the few Republicans that are actually trying to find out what happened. Like... Please stop playing in our faces. Please stop playing in our faces. So, Adam and and Liz just, like, shrugged it off. They're like, whatever. Like, we don't have time for play-play. Like, this is serious. We're trying to do a job here. So, on Tuesday, the House held their long-awaited hearing, the first hearing, for the committee and they hosted four officers who were fighting for their lives on 1-6. Officer Harry Dunn, Officer Michael Fanon, Officer Gunnell, and another officer. If you've watched the news at any point, you've probably seen him crushed between a door, screaming in agony. He was there. I forget his name. I'm sorry, sir. But thank you all for your service. So anyways, they gave their testimony and their opening statements. They talked about what they faced that day. They talked about having to fight for their lives for hours. They talked about how Things have been for them since then. Officer Harry Dunn talked about how he was called a nigger for the first time ever doing his job as a Capitol policeman while he was fighting for his life to try to keep the Capitol and save Congress, basically. And once again, I won't say that I had heard anything I hadn't heard before, but it's just... Just like to hear these people tell their stories and to see the video. And it was just very emotional for not only them, but also for, you know, the Congress people as they watched the videos. Adam Kissinger, Liz, other members of the committee, you know, kind of wiping away tears at like how emotional it was to see these people like fighting. <laughs> like, Straight up hand-to-hand combat fighting on this day. And it was just crazy to me. Um, Just the lack of disregard, as Michael uh, Fanon said, for him and his colleagues for what they did on that day. 
and how some Republicans can act like it wasn't even that bad, but you can go back and see like videos and pictures of them literally terrified because they fear for their lives. So it was like five hours maybe worth of just, you know, testimony and videos. And one thing I can say about this hearing that I really appreciated once again was there was no Jim Jordan there. There was no Jim Banks there. There was no one asking ridiculous questions like um could you have been fighting antifa like there was no one there doing that now there were some questions like especially from jamie raskins who was like you know i don't know if you've heard this officer Fanon, but from the corners of the interwebs it's been said that it's possible that the crowd thought you were Antifa and were trying to fight you. And Officer Vanone was like, I had on a badge. Like, I had on a badge that was stolen from me. I had my work equipment. I had my weapon. Like, it was very noticeable that I was with Capitol Police just because I have the tattoos up and down my neck and this and that that there doesn't mean anything. It was very noticeable. I mean, because these are the things that they're saying, right? That, oh, he, look at him with his tattoos and he's dressed in all black most of the time. And I'm like, every time I see him, he had on like a flannel shirt, but whatever. To them, any excuse, and he was like, no, that's not the case. Like, they knew who I was. You can hear them in the video screaming, we got one. Take his gun and kill him. Take his gun and kill him. These people are shouting. And this man has to plead with him. I have kids. Please, I have kids. And you hear it all in the video. And Republicans are just like, well... You know, sometimes your job's hard. I don't know what to tell you. And I just thought it was, I thought it was crazy. I thought that it was a very good hearing. I thought it was very damning to hear the things that they went through, knowing that Republicans have been trying to downplay all four months now. I like the fact that they kind of, Ask them, you know, what is it that you want? What do you want to see? And they all were like, we need to get down to the bottom of who caused it. Like, we know the president had a part in that. Get down to it. And one thing that was quoted heavily after was when Officer Harry Dunn said, when... A hitman kills someone, he goes to jail, but not only that, does the person who sent him, they go to jail as well. Y'all need to get to the bottom of who sent who sent them. That's what we want. Now, I was hoping that someone, because everybody got a chance to answer this question, I was hoping someone was going to say, can you also tell us why it took three plus hours for the National Guard to show up? <laughs> That's what I wanted. I wanted somebody to be also get down to the why did it take so long for us to get any kind of help when there were like hundreds of us to the thousands of people that were trying to get in the Capitol. It was a very low number. I I think they said like 120-some. That feels insane to me, which is why I don't want to quote it for sure. But I, there were, they were extremely overpowered. And Congressman Kinzinger, well, I think he was just crying from the beginning. But it was very emotional when he said, you know, thank y'all for holding the line. Now, he 
was in the military. He has military background experience. He probably was deployed a few times. So I guess for him, that meant something. And that's why he was so emotional. Um, But yeah, these guys really did, really did hold the line. And the way they're being treated is disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, There was video of the moment in which uh, Officer Fanon was like kind of rescued and like taken inside and had like lost consciousness but maybe was like coming back too because you can hear them saying like stay with me stay with me like we got to get him to the hospital he had had to be taken to the hospital where he found out he had a heart attack like what a joke what an absolute joke that these men are not getting the respect, the attention, the justice that they deserve. Like, it's absolutely disgusting, right? You have these men who are testifying about what they went through, how it affected them then, how it still affects them now, and you have Republicans pretending it was nothing. You asked Mitch McConnell, did he watch? He's like, no, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I was I was quite busy. Kevin McCarthy, oh, I didn't watch it because I was in other hearings, even though his schedule would suggest that's not true. Republicans acting like, what? What happened? You had Republicans in front of the Justice Department advocating for the insurrectionist at the same time that these officers were giving their testimony. Yes, those House representatives were Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, maybe Louis Gomer. I don't remember he was exactly there, but I know the first three were. And it's embarrassing. Trying to hold a press conference for insurrectionists, for their rights, their prison rights, these insurrectionists. And of course that got shut down because a group of women came up. Well, there was a guy blowing a whistle at first, which was just definitely a struggle for them and then these ladies came up with signs one of them had a sign it was like gates is a rapist it was crazy they got them out of there quick i mean with a quickness and that lady was swallowing him yelling are you a pedophile gates are you a pedophile are you a pedophile like over and over and over it was honestly kind of annoying but also pretty hilarious so yeah that's embarrassing that's very embarrassing to know that these men were fighting could have died made sure that the congressmen and women were safe and the same congressmen and women are pretending like nothing even happened and if they're not pretending like nothing happened they're blaming what happened and the lack of help for the police officers on Nancy Pelosi. And I have said it once and I'll say it again. Nancy is not in charge of the Capitol Police. Not in no way not in no form. She's not on any of the boards. She's not in the chain of command. She does not tell them what to do. She did not turn down the National Guard. If anybody around you looks at you or whispers in your vicinity that Nancy Pelosi turned down the National Guard multiple times or is responsible for getting help for the Capitol Police, you tell them that's not true. That's not true. And if they thought it was true, 
then they'd also need to be equally upset with Mitch McConnell because McConnell, who was the majority leader at that time of the Senate, and Nancy Pelosi, who is the House Speaker, both would have had the same level of access and basically control over what was going on at the time. So you can't be mad at Pelosi if you're not mad at Mitch, but you shouldn't be mad at either one of them because they did not have control over the Capitol Police. All they can do is maybe get some notes that say, hey, Ish might go down and then they can say, okay, keep me updated. That's all they can do. That's all they can do. And then all that they could do on that day, which they did, both of them, and y'all know if I'm taking up for Mitch McConnell, it's a cold day in Florida. But all they could do is call for help once the ish hit the fan. And they both did that. Now, if you listen to previous hearings about 1-6, you'll know that the chain of command was switched up right before the insurrection happened to which the national guard approval had gotten like four or five more steps harder than it normally was it went up more levels more people than it normally had been in the past which some thought was interesting some still think is interesting i'm one of those people so it's interesting that Elise Stefanik, the new number three Republican, because remember they kicked Liz Cheney out of that role, can get up in a press conference right after these men talk about how they got the crack kipped out of them all day and say, Nancy Pelosi is the reason. What was she doing? why didn't she get more help like it's no girl no and you know that's a lie and you know that's a lie because you got that harvard education and you know that's a lie and you get up and you lie in our faces and it's insulting enough that y'all get up and y'all lie in our faces but then there are people who actually believe this actually believe this when all you have to do is fix your fingers to Google. I did it. I did a quick Google because I needed to have the backup article because that's the stuff I do. When somebody says something, I have, I have to find a backup article because I don't just be out here talking except for this podcast sometimes. But I, I fixed my fingers real quick in the Googles and I Googled Nancy Pelosi in charge of Capitol Police. And guess what I found? Multiple articles saying that's not true. Fact checking the claim that Nancy Pelosi was responsible for Capitol Police. Multiple outlets. CNN, USA Today, AP News. I could keep going, but why do I need to when I've already told you that Nancy Pelosi is not in charge of Capitol Police? Y'all get up in front of people and lie. And I don't even know how you can sleep at night. I don't even know how you can sleep at night. I could, can't even nap peacefully knowing that you lied to people like that. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. So I just was, you know, Tuesday was just kind of like, this is disgusting. This is a disgusting day. The fact that we are here in this way, these men are giving their stories, talking about how they fought for their lives. And you have the same congressmen and women that they saved saying else, elsewise. You have Laura Ingraham, or whatever her last name is, on Fox News, and I say the word news lightly, giving out awards, fake awards to the officers, like best combat scene and just saying that they're acting these men that we see on video 
getting beat down. Except for Officer Harry Dunn. I don't know if we saw any video of him, but we saw Officer Vernon get beat down for months. We've been seeing it. And you have the nerve to get on TV knowing that you ain't never had to bust a grape in a fruit fight and try to say that these men are acting. And the same congressmen and women that they kept safe are outside the prison advocating for the insurrectionists who are trying to break in and kill them. Hang Mike Pence, get Nancy Pelosi, probably harm AOC if they could have found her. Like, this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with. You have those same Congress people, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, Louis Gomer, going to a prison. Just running up on the prison with OAN news. Talking about let us in. We want to see the prisoners. We want to see how they're being held. Like, girl, are you crazy? Or do, you, do you think that you can just walk into a prison facility and be like, I need a tour right now? Y'all couldn't have got them on the phone and scheduled that? You can't just walk in. Why would you eat? Why would you even... Why would you? There are violent criminals here. And these people are doing a job. These people are doing a job. And you want to just roll up with news cameras and microphones and all of that. Thinking that you deserve to tour the facility and see where the prisoners are. These people are doing a job. Trying to keep this prison running safely and you're upset because you want to make sure that the people that broke into the capitol were beating people with flags were kicking their feet up on nancy pelosi's desk you want to make sure that these people are good so you just with your white privilege decide you can pop up at this facility and they need to cater to you are y'all crazy? Are y'all crazy? And I was so glad. I was so glad that they got pushed back. The they were like, "What are y'all doing?" Like, no, y'all got to, <laughs> y'all got to get out of here. What's wrong with you? And then the police uh, manager or, or warden—I don't know what they call them because I try not to get into police culture. But the lady in charge was like, "Y'all can go, or y'all can get arrested for trespassing." They got out of there really quick and OAN went, we're being told that we're trespassing. We just want to see. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You don't show up. You don't show up to a facility thinking that just because you're a congressperson that you have the right to just tell them to drop everything that they got going on and give you a tour because you want to be self-righteous. What, what, Matt Gates? are you trying to see the facility that you might be in in the future? What's, what, is, what is it? What is it? <sighs> I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired. Like, this is tiring. I'm tired. Like, these people are adults. These people are adults. And then let me tell you what these adults did as soon as they walked out because there was no way that they were going to get locked up for trespassing. They are not built for it. They are not equipped for that type of life. So they walked out and then they moved right on to the house in time to join the rest of their ridiculous childish colleagues in staging a walkout from the House to the side of the Senate to protest masks. Let me give you some background. In case y'all didn't know, in case you've had the luxury of not even being aware of what's going on in the world on the COVID front, there is a Delta variant and it is just sweeping through. Matter of fact, the CDC had some leaked 
presentation slides that has said that the Delta variant is as contagious as the chicken pox. If you don't know how contagious the chicken pox is, let me give you an idea. Because some of y'all might not have ever had them. Lucky me. Never had the chicken pox. The chicken pox are so contagious that back in the day before the vaccine came out in the early 90s, parents would send their children to go play with other children to catch it because they knew it was inevitable. And if they can get them to catch it before school or anything of that nature, they would do that because it was a pain. And because if you got chicken pox at a younger age, that meant you weren't likely to get them as an adult because adult chicken pox are even worse. Unfortunately, though, if you do get chicken pox, it stays in your system and can resurface as an adult in your older age as shingles, which is also awfully terrible. Once again, chicken pox is highly contagious. As a child who didn't get them, grace of God, they're highly contagious. As a child whose parent sent them to play with a sick cousin to get them before school and did not catch them, grace of God. When I hear that the virus that has been killing people for the better part of a year and a half at this point almost is as contagious as the virus that the Lord helped spared me from at an early age. And I ended up getting the vaccine to go to college. Thank goodness. When I hear that, that makes me think, well, good God, I might not be as lucky the second time. I need to hunker down. I'm already vaccinated. Maybe I need to wear my mask in more places. Maybe I need to think smarter, not harder. Just like the scientists are saying. Just like apparently the house physician said, or I'm sorry, the capital physician, meaning senators, congressmen, women, house reps, whenever they're sick, this is the doctor they go to. And this doctor said, listen, y'all need to be wearing masks. I don't know what else to tell you. Y'all need to be wearing masks, especially since a hundred percent of Democrats in the House have confirmed that they are vaccinated. And maybe a little over half of the Republicans in the House have confirmed that they've gotten the vaccine. The others either aren't vaccinated or refuse to say they got vaccinated because if they tell people they got vaccinated, they can't keep the grift up. So the physician said, y'all need to put the mask on. Nancy Pelosi, who I don't think ever really took the mask mandate down in the house, was just like, all right, well, yeah, now everybody needs to be masked. Like, stop playing with me. Everybody needs to wear your mask. You might get arrested if you don't. And instead of being adults who know that there's a deadly virus going around, which is a thousand times more contagious and transmissible than the first variant, they know this, but they want to act like children. They want to act like children. And they say, oh, well, why, why is the the senate side and the house side different and i'm telling you the answer to that because nancy pelosi is not chuck schumer chuck schumer can do whatever he want to do on the side of the senate he's the majority leader nancy pelosi is the speaker of the house she gonna do what she has to do in the house now i don't know how many senators are vaccinated among the republicans I'm going to go out on the limb and say that all the Democratic senators are vaccinated. But I don't know how many Republican senators are vaccinated. And I don't know if that is Chuck Schumer's concern. But there are exponentially more people in the House. And for you to not be fully vaccinated on either side means you need to wear a mask. And even if you have 
the vaccine, you are more likely to, if you catch it, you are going to have almost the same viral load as somebody who's not been vaccinated and it's more likely that you can pass it. And these are not people who are going to one state to sit at the house. These are people who are going to different places in each state. They're going to different districts. They're t- they're going to be reaching more people. There's more of them. Why would you why would you not wear the mask? Why are you making it such a big deal? Why are you acting like spoiled children? I don't understand at this point. Donald Trump is straddling the fence. He's basically said I got it. And I sh- I think you should get it. But if you don't get it, I understand. Y'all can't even, y'all won't even take that stance. Y'all are just like, mask, it's gonna be the end of us and my rights. And who are you to tell me what to do with my body? Because it's my choice. I mean, they understand that when it comes to masks, but nothing else. Why are you acting like children? Why? Why? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And so that was the drama that was going on in the house. While meanwhile, the eviction moratorium ends tonight. This is Saturday as I record. The eviction moratorium ends tonight. And Congress has done nothing to make sure people don't get evicted. Kicked out of their houses, kicked out of their homes. Now, I know that there's some back and forth about, you know, well, people who are getting money and getting unemployment and couldn't pay their bills and didn't pay their bills. But here's the point. COVID numbers are spiking again. They're going up again. Employers are having to mandate that people get the vaccines they didn't want to. We're still not vaccinated enough for the hospitals to not be overrun. And companies are starting to be like, well, y'all either got to go back to the house or we're going to push back the date in which y'all come back in the office. So people going to need homes. They definitely don't need to be out on the street catching or spreading a more dangerous variant of COVID. And Congress has gone on recess. Now, some people be like, how can they go on vacation at this time? And let me be clear, recess is not necessarily vacation. Now, you might be like cursing cinema and be like, I can't stay here. I have vacation planned and by golly, I refuse to miss it. That's different. But usually recess is used as a time for you to go back to your district and do things there back to your state and put in work there and not be like Ted Cruz and run off to Cancun because there's nothing that you can help do in a state where the power grid is up and down. So I get that some people are like, well, it's not like they're just gone on vacation, but if they're not just gone on vacation, why aren't they doing something to fight for the people as they face eviction moratorium in a pandemic that is not over. Reps Cori Bush, Ilhan Omar, and Ayanna Presley actually slept outside of the Capitol on the steps of the Capitol. I don't think they got much sleep, of course, but slept outside the Capitol. But for what? What can they do? I understand the optics of it, I understand the point they're trying to make. I understand why they did it. But what can they do when the rest of the Congress goes home? Not much. What can they do when one party is pitching a fit over mask and a 1-6 committee and basically common sense? What what can they do? What can they do? It was reported that Nancy Pelosi called Kevin Hart a Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart. 
Kevin McCarthy. I mean, they both, he, you know, his conscience is about as tall as Kevin Hart. Anyways, there was reporting that Nancy Pelosi called Kevin McCarthy a moron because he <laughs> he said that the mask mandate in the House is not respecting the science. And I was like, yeah, Nancy, I agree with you. That's a, he's, the, he's a moron. He's the idiot. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to fix it. But we're our country's being run by children. And those who have to treat adults like children. And at that point, I don't think we can get anything done. If, if one side is going to be children and the other side has to handle them like they are children. What can we, what can we get done? What can we achieve? <sighs> Interesting reporting this week and just when you thought that the rest of the week was just wrapped up in a nice messy bow. We find out that one, the DOJ has ruled that the Biden administration has got, they have got to give the former president's taxes over to the House. Now, if you recall, and maybe you don't, Maxine Waters is a chair of a committee, which escapes me right now. And she was like, oh, buddy, we're going to get them taxes. We're going to get them taxes. And so she requested the taxes a while back. And so now it's just uh, been approved by the Department of Justice that the Biden admin needs to release these taxes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're looking for in the taxes. I think... I think it's been said that they're looking to see if the president used his expenses and basically put them on the company as like company expenses, but then also use them in his personal taxes so he can get like double the pay. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to find. I mean, I think we've already heard about the $70,000 hair dues and, you know, all of that stuff. So I don't know what they're going to find at this point if they're not going to lock him up and throw away the key. Like, I'm not really concerned about these taxes. We've been doing the do si -do on these taxes for forever. We already know he barely paid anything. We already know from... What was it like 2017 to 2019? He might have paid like $780, $850 in taxes. Like that's enough to already piss me off right there. So I don't really know what else I can hear about this man's taxes. It's going to make me even more upset. But good job for Maxine Waters because I know she's wanted this. It's probably made her happy. She's probably ready to read through all those millions of dollars, uh, documents and pages of his tax returns. I don't know. I don't know. Good for her. We'll keep an eye on that. I'm sure that story is going to continue to develop. But I mean, right on the heels of that news came even more interesting news. Let me also say that the Justice Department and the House, um, the House Council also decided not to <laughs> provide counsel to Mo Brooks. So if you recall, and maybe you don't, Eric Swalwell, who is a, a Democratic House representative, has uh, sued Mo Brooks. And um, the lawyer was the one who actually had to, like, basically serve his wife at her house because Mo Brooks kept, like, dodging the lawsuit. Anyways, they said that the Justice Department and the House... Uh, counsel were not going to be his counsel for that lawsuit. Uh, they basically said that he helped lead an insurrection and they can't see that to be part of his federal job description. Anyways, moving forward, the former president, on top of the news that he 
his taxes were going to be given to the house. There was also reporting that there was a call that took place after the election and before the certification of the votes in which the acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen, because if you recall, at this point, Bill Barr has stepped down. He's resigned. So it's the acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen and then the acting Deputy Attorney General Richard Donoghue. So Richard Donoghue took some contemporaneous notes. If you don't know what that means, that just means that notes that were taken like at the time of the call or like right after because he was like, ooh, this some ish and I really got to write this down for I don't forget it. Um, so fortunately he did that and apparently those notes have made it into the hands of uh, the DOJ, is it? And um, <laughs> interesting developments here. So apparently it looks like the former president was pressuring the acting attorney general to say that there was fraud in the election or like the election was not free and fair and all of that. And they were like, well, no, we can't say that because it's not true. And he's like, listen, 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 listen. It doesn't matter. Just say it and I'll handle the rest with the R congressman. So let's break that down. Let's break it down. Bill Barr has already said there's no proof of widespread election fraud, which is why him and the foreign president ended on a sour note, which is what probably why he resigned. At that point, he puts in Jeffrey Rosen, probably thinking, oh, this is great. This guy's going to do whatever I want him to. Obviously, that was not true because... Jeffrey Rosen was like, mm, not going to do that. But the former president in, in these notes is basically telling this man, I know it's not true or I know you don't have the proof. Let me not say I know it's not true because apparently in the call, he also was like bringing up certain things that he saw on the internet and like they were like that's not true that's been debunked here's the real information and he would say okay but what about this like and basically told these people like you probably don't know what I know because like I'm on the internet more and I'm getting more information than you guys which is already a red flag because what are you doing what are you on a TikTok rabbit hole? That's probably it. So the president's basically telling these guys, listen, there was fraud. This is the stuff that the internet told me. They were like, Mr. President, no, like that's not true. That's been debunked. That's been misproven. Like that's not the truth. And the president was finally like, listen, I don't got time for all of that. Don't even worry about whether it's true or not. I need you to just say that it's true. I need you to say that it was fraud. I need you to say the election cannot be trusted. And don't worry about what happens afterwards. Don't worry about trying to prove it. Don't worry about none of that. Because me and the R Republican congressmen are going to handle it. <laughs> our former president was telling the attorney general to lie and say that the election was fraudulent even though it wasn't whether he actually believed it or not he knew he didn't have any proof he knew that for sure because he was told multiple times he had no proof his court cases were just falling apart all across the nation. He knew he had no proof, but he didn't care. He's telling the attorney general to say it's fraudulent anyway. And then to let him and the R congressman handle it. Now, here's 
these are the questions I have about that last part. Because what's funny is in the articles that came out like right after, a lot of them were leaving that part out. But that's a very important part that I feel like we cannot leave out. Leave it to me and the R congressman. What does that sound like? What does that mean? Like, I'm getting a lot of things. Once again, y'all know I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm getting a lot of things from that. And I'm looking at a lot of things that happen around 1-6. And I'm wondering, like, what? Like, were you, like, was he really working with these senators and these house reps to make sure that they basically stopped the count and then he made sure that he got the people upset enough at his rally that they did something like what do you what does that mean like what does that mean (laughs) that just opened up so many more questions for me and i'm sure other people as well because what does that mean does that mean that like because listen it's donald trump He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. I don't know for sure that he was definitely trying to plan something. I don't know if he just knew that, like, at that point, he had, like, the Republican senators and congressmen already saying that they were going to object. And they were putting themselves on, like, lawsuits from other states. And Lindsey Graham is calling the people in Georgia to try to talk to them about their elections like was it that they had a plan or was it that he was just like piggybacking off of all the shenanigans that he had already caused and were taking place like I think we need the answers I think we need to find the answers I don't know who's investigating that I don't know if that's the one six committees looking into that I don't know but somebody needs to look into that because that just like uh, um, wasn't the only one. That just blew a lot of minds on the internet. Like people kept saying, coup, coup, that's like that's very serious language. Like that's like can that be proven? You can't necessarily prove that. But like those are the contemporaneous notes of somebody who was on the call who said, let me write this down so I don't forget it. And then let me provide it to somebody later on so they can see these shenanigans. In which the president literally asked the Department of Justice to lie to the United States of America, the American people, so that he could stay in office i don't know like that is, i don't i don't know if that means anything to y'all like it means to me but like i just think that that's one of the craziest things i've ever heard like i just i can't can you imagine if joe biden went to merrick garland and was like listen listen mayor you gotta tell the people it was it was a fraud and merrick garland was like not Mr. President, like we can't prove it. And Joe Biden was like, "It doesn't matter." Y'all know he liked to whisper. It doesn't matter. I'll handle it. Like, what if? What, can you imagine? Can you imagine how the angry white men, the three percenters, and all of them would lose their minds even more than they already did when they stormed the Capitol on one six? Can you imagine the outrage? what a time what a time uh i hate to leave it on a cliffhanger there but like (laughs) that literally happened within the last 24 hours of me recording this podcast and so i don't even really know where we go from here what's gonna like follow that but that was just kind of like bombshell breaking news um and as always we'll keep an eye on it (laughs) we'll report it here to you guys by we i mean me because i am a one woman show but in the meantime thank you guys for listening to did you hear the news once again you can find me on 
Anywhere that you listen to podcasts, it's D-I-D-J-A, hear the news. I'm on YouTube, but right now I'm having like a tiny issue with uploading to YouTube. So uh, you might not find my latest episodes on there, but my episodes from like 1 to like 20, 22 are all on YouTube. You can also find me on Facebook, D-I-D-J-A, and Instagram, D-I-D-J-A, hear the news. That's where um, on Facebook I'm giving week uh, daily updates. And on Instagram, I am trying to be more active, you guys. Once again, I am a one-woman show. But thank you for all of your support. Hit me up when you hear the show. Hit me up and let me know what you think about it, what you think about the topics that I bring up on the show because it's wild and crazy. And as always, I appreciate your support. Bye.